Wednesday, October 5th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today for Million Dollar Portfolio, Dave Meyer, from Motley Fool Hidden Gems, Charlie Travers, and from Motley Fool Asset Management, Tim Hansen. Guys, thanks for being here. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. We have got the latest on Costco and Friendlies, but we will begin with earnings from Yum Brands. Third quarter profit up 7%, but Tim, weak results in the U.S. Uh, seem to be a little bit outweighed by strong international results. Is that is that your take? That's the summary. That's the same summary we've seen for a couple quarters now, ever since um, Taco Bell had that whole, the beef that wasn't really beef yeah. issue. They, they still haven't recovered from that in the U.S. That's and where it's like ground beef is, is, someone analyzed it and it's really like 40. I don't really want to go into the details. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, please don't. <laughs> But the 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 gist is they're hoping that in the U.S. some new product innovation mm-hmm. uh, can can r- cause a rebound. I'm not exactly sure what product innovation in Taco Bell looks like. You know, they've got you know it's, it's another maybe a super chalupa something like that. Um, one of our listeners, flatbread. One of our listeners last week emailed about the uh, the Doritos uh, orange uh, crusted. That's product innovation. That could be huge. Shell. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, they're hoping to turn that around in the U.S. Abroad, uh, they continue to do really well, especially in China and India, where they're accelerating um, the number of restaurant openings they're going to have. Uh, Same-store sales are great, far outpacing uh, rapidly rising food inflation. Um, that said, operating margin has contracted a little bit because food prices are um, going up. And you know, a, a company like KFC or, or, or Pizza Hut, you know, they're exposed to pretty much every yep. commodity out there, whether it's corn, you know, wheat, chicken, milk, everything. Um, so they're, they're they're dealing with that, but they seem to be doing well and. You know, when it comes to getting global consumer exposure, um, it would be hard to go go wrong with Yum. I think Costco earnings up eleven percent in its latest quarter. The company also announced membership fees are going up ten percent. Dave Meyer, what do you think? I think it's brilliant. Okay, why? Because they can <laughs> take that Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, the last time we were in this room talking about a, a company raising membership fees, it was Netflix, and it didn't work out for them. No, it didn't quite work out as planned. Why is this going to work out for Costco, you think? Well, I think the biggest reason is that this is a one-time fee that the Costco customer is just not going to feel. They're not going to feel $5 out of a $50 membership fee or $10 out of the executive $100 membership fee. But if they raise prices in the stores – They'd feel that every time they win. Um, so I think I think this is an easy way to try to um, mitigate some of the the inflation that they're seeing on their costs. Uh, margins actually, uh, both the gross margin and the operating margin went down in the quarter. So they are they are not raising prices. They are you know making sure that their customers feel good about going into the Costco store. But you know Costco's got to get its its uh, its piece too. Tim, you're a Costco member. How are you feeling about this? You just want me to tell my story. Well, oh, I, I am. I, I do want you to tell your story, <laughs> but I am also interested. I mean, you know, when we when we were talking about Netflix, I mean, Charlie gave his thoughts as a Netflix member. I'm just curious, just in terms of the membership fee, is that something where you're like, you know, what, an additional five bucks, I'm fine. Yeah, with I think Dave's, Dave's right about that. I mean, you know, we save five bucks on diapers by you know going to Costco. Yep. So it's sort of a no brainer. I mean, just by if you buy your, and we've gotten addicted to this, the Sambazon um, juice drink. What is, is that? It's, it's made, I think it's pronounced acai or acai, the berry from Brazil. Okay. So you can buy a two-pack of these at our Costco for like seven ninety nine. If you go to Whole Foods, they're seven ninety nine each. So, I mean, I'm saving my five bucks right there okay. on, on my Sambazon juice drink. So, so I'm happy with that. And, and then to tell my story, I would be happy if this uh, rate increase means they, they, <laughs> they, they call the dogs off at that little, you know, 
walkout where you have to take your receipt and show it to the woman at the door to make sure you've got all your right items. So after, and I'm not a Costco member, but after you've paid and after uh, presumably a Costco employee has handed you, here's your receipt. receipt. You then walk 50 yards to the warehouse door where someone else takes your receipt and references it, cross-references it against what's in your cart. And I ran in there to buy some diapers and other baby things, didn't have a cart, was moving quickly, it was raining, and somewhere between the uh, checkout counter and the door, my receipt blew off the top of, of what I was carrying. Oh, so the plot thickens. <laughs> so I tried to leave Costco without a receipt and was restrained <laughs> by a um, five foot four uh, Filipino woman. And it actually got a little testy. They were not happy with me. And, and ultimately, they had to find, I had to get my card back out. They had to bring over a scanner. They reprinted a receipt, at which point she did what they do every time you leave Costco. They put a little pink highlighter mark on their seat and you walk out the door. I don't know what they're checking. I don't I don't get it. Um, if you are Walmart with Sam's Club and you're looking to uh, compete with Costco, uh, is this an opportunity? Is this membership fee? I mean, even if members like you are not really um, upset about it, is this an opportunity for a company like Walmart? Charlie, what do you think? So Sam's Club and BJ's Wholesale, uh, like Costco, have waited many, many years before raising their membership fee. And I'm sure, actually, they would prefer to follow suit and increase their own profits as a result. But, I mean, I think they've gone five or six years at least uh, at the same level of fee, and it's probably time they're all itching to do this. Finally, guys, Friendly's has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. The restaurant chain has already closed 63 stores. The remaining 424 will stay open as Friendly's reorganizes. Uh, Charlie, i got to tell you, as, a, as someone who grew up in New England, um, uh, this, this saddened me a little bit when I saw it, but I guess I really shouldn't be all that surprised, should I? Yeah, like you have a nostalgic affection for Friendly's growing up in Mass as a kid. You go there and get your ice cream. Uh, but the fact is, these days as a restaurant, you can't continue to serve you know frozen beef patties that have been microwaved and call them a hamburger and expect people to keep coming back for more. It just doesn't work. Uh, so their traffic's down, the commodity... Uh, costs are up, like Tim mentioned with Yum, that is affecting all the restaurants. And when you're overly burdened with debt, people actually expect you to repay the money you've borrowed, and they've got trouble. Yeah, no! shocking concept. Yeah, we don't expect debt that isn't to be repaid. We don't expect that <laughs> That's with free money. Yeah. Yeah. I just keep rolling it over. <laughs> we don't expect that out of Wall Street banks. Why should we expect that out of friendlies? Yeah. That's just unfair. To what extent is this about? the economy that we're in right now? To what extent is this about management um, not doing its job? A mix of both. Uh, Look, we follow a number of restaurant chains, and some of them are seeing weak traffic over the past few quarters. Um, But... The ones that present quality food at a good price like a Chipotle are doing just fine. And it's these mid to lower tier, um, you know, Applebee's, uh, Sabaro, Fuddruckers. Um, some of these companies also filed for bankruptcy lately. They're just not keeping up. The food's just not there for the price they want to charge. You know, it's also, I would say, there's an industry factor too, which is this is just a hyper competitive space. It always has been, but I think it's getting increasingly more so over time, especially with in terms of. Um, you know, I think they're more local, independent eateries opening up around the country. And, and you know, there's some uh, correlation between, you know, as people get laid off from jobs and corporations, they strike out and start their own businesses. And so, you know, I mean, here in D.C., people are doing all sorts of things at sole proprietors are doing all sorts of things at farmers markets, food trucks, that sort of thing. That just makes the category that much more competitive. 
So in terms of, I mean, we've talked about this, um, you know, in Asia where, where, where quick serve restaurants actually, you know, doesn't mean what it means here in the U.S. A quick serve place in, you know, in Shanghai is actually a food cart kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the category, you know, if, if you take go into the emerging world, you know, to go back to young brands, you know, KFC isn't, isn't a low cost, quick, fast option. It's actually one tier up because the thing that's, that thing that's sitting at the bottom is the, you know, the dumpling cart where it's, you know, ten cents for 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 breakfast, and you 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 therefore have to compete in a different way. And I think to Charlie's point that you know, Friendly's is not keeping up with the time, still serving microwave frozen beef patties. I mean, you're not you're not it's not a winning recipe today. No, not especially against a juggernaut like a Five Guys and any other you know number of burger chains popping up around that are serving high quality stuff for a lower price. The thing I always loved about going to Friendly's was the fribble. Their shakes were just fantastic. That was like in terms of a treat at a restaurant. That that was just a winner for me. Um, so Charlie, give me give me a restaurant treat. It doesn't have to be from Friendly's. It can be from any restaurant. We've on this podcast we've talked about burgers in the past. We've talked about beer. Give me, give me Those are our most popular discussions. <laughs> in, in terms of email from our listeners, they absolutely are. But does an Oktoberfest count? No. Not, not, not as a not single treat. I've always been uh, partial to the shakes at Steak and Shake. Uh, real milkshakes are good. You got a go-to flavor? Uh, strawberry. Tim, what about you? I'm kind of a, I like, I'm kind of a, a, a fruit pie guy. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lady up in, uh, in Bar Harbor, Maine. Off the main road there that, that has, you know, one of those shingle signs she hangs out. Apparently, she only bakes pies on Tuesdays. <laughs> Her pies are outrageously good if you're ever out there. <laughs> Definitely make the stop. The blueberry that, pie. So that's, that's, that's kind of like a play out of the, like the Girl Scout cookie playbook <laughs> where it's like we're, gonna, we're only going to sell for a, sh- a finite amount of time. Just oh, a short- scar- scarcity. I mean, if you're looking to influence anybody and get me to pay $18 for a pie – only bake that pie on Tuesday. <laughs> Dave Meyer, what about you? Uh, mine is less scarce. Uh, I am partial to the uh, cookie dough blizzard from Dairy Queen. Oh, man. I think that's ubiquitous. You are such a shill for Berkshire Hathaway. <laughs> Anytime you can be. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> it also has the added merit of being true. All right, drop us an email, radio at fool.com. Tell us your favorite treat at a restaurant. Dave Meyer, Tim Hanson, Charlie Travers. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.